Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Solutions Brewing Podcast. I'm Robert, and joining me today is Stephen. Hey everyone. Brendan is out of town, so he can't join us today. Although, mind you, we do this all separately because we're still in lockdown at this point. Yeah, we're not in a studio or anything like that, but uh, no, he's enjoying a weekend or week off, so... I don't even know where he went. Do you know where he went, Steve? Ah, he's out of town. Yeah, that's that's all the text I saw too from him, like, and I think that was when you messaged him because we were we were trying to meet yesterday. He's like, "I'm out of town." <laughs> well, he can't go far, so it must be somewhat local. <laughs> well, we'll keep this episode a secret. He'll have to listen to it like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like I have to listen to that episode you recorded uh, when I was uh, I was in the hospital. Oh yeah, that's right. We didn't tell you about that yeah. one either. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. just like. I'm like, oh, this is like our ninth episode. And you're like, no, this is actually our tenth. I'm like, those guys recorded without me. Oh, my God. (laughs) But anyways, uh, now that we've razzed on Brendan enough, today we're going to kind of talk about a little bit something more on the business side of our brewery and how we decided to do things. In a previous episode, we talked about why we decided to go contract brewing versus having a uh, brick and mortar, a physical location. And uh, Mm -hmm. today we're going to talk about uh, sort of the, the cyclical nature of beers. And by that, we mean how certain beers sell better at certain times of the year, which really translates to weather, right? How the, how the yeah. weather affects the people's purchases. Now, we're not super pros at this. Uh, we only opened, uh, we're doing this recording today on June 1st, and uh, we only released our first beers in November. Uh, but even in this short time, eight months, We've noticed a pretty significant difference, which we didn't think was the case. I mean, you hear about it, but you don't you don't really realize how significant it is until you get into it. Yeah, and yeah, it's the interesting thing because yeah, like it's always mentioned. It's like oh, in the you know in your summer kind of season, you know, it's lighter beers, blondes, uh, you know, some with uh, fruit aspects, or you know, either through hops or through additions or. Uh, uh, like sour beers and just lighter fare pilsner sort of thing and in the fall it goes to ambers porters stouts that sort of thing so like the the very interesting thing with us is that like you know long before we got to the point that we were you know gonna start the brewery like each one of us is going to create a recipe for solutions brewing and just so how it happened by the time we kind of got everything ready and we got the production space because that was another massive problem for us that in calgary at least there was not such a great demand for production space like before the pandemic there was about like a i'd say a month or two uh kind of wait list to try and get like scheduled for uh, for production when the pandemic came uh breweries that didn't have the capacity to actually make cans of their goods or anything like that, tried desperately to sign contracts to, to get contract brewing done. And the wait list became two months, three months, four months. Like it just kind of spiraled out of control. So by the time that we, you know, finally secured space and got everything moving, uh, we didn't start brewing our beers until I think it was like late September or early October. Yeah, it was September because the first beer was ready. Uh, you know, three to four weeks later in mid-October. That was a very interesting thing. So, like, we got all our product, we shipped it all to the the regulator, essentially, and we had orders come in for our beer right away. And it was the stout. People were ordering the stout just because they saw new stout 
And yeah, cases of it just started flowing out of uh, out of the warehouse, which also just put a big feather in your cap there, uh, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I definitely definitely gave me some bragging rights there for a little while. Um, I guess uh, you mentioned there, Steve, that uh, we had each decided to do a recipe. So in case anyone can't tell why I got the bragging rights on that one is because my recipe was the stout. <laughs> so, actually, it's kind of funny how the, the three recipes worked out because we each liked different styles of beer and uh we're like oh we should do a light a dark and an amber and we're like what's your best recipe or your favorite recipe that you have and it just turned out that we had it that way but uh anyhow a couple points there you had there steve was like yeah when we were first looking into the contract uh brewing because we're in the uh, calgary alberta area it, w- it was still kind of busy but there was it was still also pretty flexible in in terms of uh scheduling brews yeah you could find space if you need it like there was a there's multiple contract breweries that had the space and capacity like because there was i think three different ones we were looking at uh that were had you know had enough volume that they could uh could do it so we can make do with one of these three and then after the pandemic hit basically all of them clamped up yeah that was pretty crazy because we were actually uh, unfortunately because it because of the pandemic uh, we weren't able to get into any uh beer festivals or anything like that because they all shut down which was Mm -hmm. our primary reason we were also we were trying to open up for summer because that's you know prime beer drinking season now that didn't work out for pandemic as the restrictions came down and as more and more restrictions came in we found out that you know it was also getting harder and harder to book brewery times i guess that's a lot of background but to get back to kind of the the cyclical part of it uh because we're planning to come out in the summertime and we're talking about like you said steven there where we were going to do just kind of one brew and we were going to go with uh, brendan's blonde recipe because we're like oh well you know this is i don't like how many times do we sit around in the summertime and pound a few of those back right <laughs> exactly i mean they go down really easy and and that's what we thought we're like okay if we time it for then then it's like okay we get this production run done we get it out and then you know we hit that you know, just before the peak of summer, hey, we'll be in good condition. But then uh, after that point, we decided it's like, oh, well, based on costs, because there's all the other costs, like one-time costs and behind everything else. So not just the beer production run, but like uh, business taxes taxes and business licensing and like insurance and all that, we decided to go with the three brews. Uh, Dark humor came out really hard. Like it, it was... Uh, like all across the province actually because random uh, beer stores were just picking it up like there's that spot in grand prairie that had it grimshaw grimshaw there we go yeah, yeah. i remember it because it's got a really cool name <laughs> i just think kind of like grim reaper and then i just think i was like oh yeah grimshaw not not yeah. that, like i've never been to grimshaw I, like i don't probably grim reaper is probably a terrible terrible reference but in my brain that's just how i remember it <laughs> yeah and and then So like when we started, like you can see the sales were strongly dark humor followed by missing piece and then bring out the rear, but not like severely behind, but just in kind of like quote unquote last place was uh, the Kiss Ale, our uh, Amber Smash Ale. And that was basically the shift is that by the time we got to, I'd say February, March, dark humor was starting to go down, Kiss had come up and then missing piece had actually taken the first spot. And it's, it's funny because, yeah, like, it, it's talked about. Like, it's, you know, people's preferences and all that kind of stuff. But it was, yeah, the liquor stores themselves, because we were, again, we we're talking the, to the various owners of the liquor stores being, hey, please take our beer in. And they're like, yeah, you know, you know come 
March, you know, I, I start shifting my stock or that or like I'll let the dark stouts and the chocolate stouts and all that kind of stuff start. I won't restock them. I'll, I'll just, you know, get free of the shelf space and bring in something lighter in its place. Again, experiencing it was two, two very different things. Yeah, absolutely. And I was actually surprised too, because especially in the shift that we've seen just from November to, I mean, we're June 1st now, just the shift. And it's crazy. Like, you know, you hear about it and it's true. Like in the winter and cold weather, you do like drinking those dark beers, whether it's a stout or like, you know, maybe a, a nice full-bodied brown ale or something like that, right? But you're like, yeah, you know, I'm sure people still drink other stuff because you think of uh, like big brands, like you think of like Molson Coors, Heineken, or like, those things sell all the time, right? People drink those all the time, no matter what. So it's like, you're like, kind of like, is it really that big of a difference? The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> there's, there's quite a huge difference. There's, yeah, like Steve said, like we had, we had pretty good sales on the Stout at the start when it first came out up until... February, March, and then it started to shift over to the Kiss, the Amber Ale was starting to uh, do okay then, because it was like, that one is, uh, it's a pretty light beer in terms of um, uh, a body, but it's also a little bit darker, and uh, uh, people have a little bit of a, a perception, and just, just on the color alone, of what they yeah, think it's, it's, the beer is going to feel like. Yeah, it's, it's way lighter than it should be for what it's not quote unquote technically called like because it is a an amber ale definitely it definitely looks like a heavier heavier beer than it really is yeah and it's way lighter than that so yeah and and it's funny too because like you think of some brands like like guinness for instance like guinness is sold all year and it's on shelf all year because you know it's big brand and it's always there and some people like to drink it all the time but yeah they must have like the same sort of problem is that their product moves a lot a lot quicker you know post september and then slows down as soon as uh you know march rolls around well i think for them they go by different metrics for us because we're only doing this in uh we're only in alberta canada um that the pattern is different here but i mean for them they're like like they're a global brand (laughs) so (laughs) i mean i mean the sales in ireland where they're from i'm sure i don't think change very much because the weather there is almost always the same and I guess there's a bit of national pride there too that you're having a Guinness instead of having you know something else. Exactly. <laughs> like I was there, I did actually get to visit Ireland, and when I was there, it was it was oddly hot and dry, which people told me was like I guess I got lucky for weather, but no. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I was still pounding those Guinnesses, man. <laughs> like didn't matter. And it was everywhere, literally everywhere. Every if if you had a pub or a bar or whatever, and you did not have it, they'd be like, what? So I like, yeah, that everyone, everyone. Well, it's kind of like here, if you go into like your standard sports bar and they don't have either Budweiser or, uh, or, you know, Kokanee, they're going to give you a weird look because there's always going to be someone who's going to come in and order that kind of beer. Yeah. It's just one of those things that you just have to have because it's always been around and it's kind of weird, but man, we're getting away. We keep going off topic on this area. We're not very good at this today. Yeah. <laughs> there's too many little interesting uh, tangents. Yeah, uh, to totally. Go off. Um, but yeah, so now, anyways, now that we're in June, we're noticing our, our blonde ales selling way more than everything else. And like, not by a little bit guys and gals by a lot more. It's like two to one or three to one right now. It's yeah. I'd say about three cases of, uh, missing piece to every case of kiss that's going out and then 
yeah, there's very rarely a, uh, a dark humor, but it, it, it's still selling. Like, it's just but nowhere near what Missing Piece is. And it's, yeah, it's it's just surprising. And then, you know, like, we haven't seen it yet, but when roughly September comes along, like August, September, it's going to start shifting again. Yeah, that'll uh, it'll switch back to the Ambers, kind of the Marzins. Well, the Marzins, a funny name now, but uh, for people listening, Marzin is German for March. And the reason it's called that is because... Way back in the day, when there wasn't refrigeration, proper refrigeration or mechanical refrigeration, they weren't allowed to actually brew in the summertime. Well, in the summer, so, well, it was. I think it was that, but it was also that it was really hard to brew in the summer because um, to to chill the beer enough to essentially make sure you didn't have any like those uh, dimethyl sulfides or anything like that pop up in the beer. Yeah. You, like you need you need an adequate way to cool the beer. In summer and yeah it wasn't really possible in summer yeah it was just um it was a form of quality control right so yeah so what they had to do was they they everyone made a bunch of beer in march and it was fermented in a cellar or cave because uh, it was cool all summer long and then it was uh you know bottled kegged and uh available in september which is when you'd have your Oktoberfest. so Oddly enough, guys, even though it's called Oktoberfest, the real time it happens is September. Actually, I'm just looking it up right now. It's like, yeah, actually, beer, the brewing of new beer was forbidden from April 24th to September 28th. Yep. There you go. Huh. There you go. You'll learn something new every day. So anyway, so yeah, so that's why September, March is popular for these kind of like amber, amber, biscuity f- tasting kind of beers. Well, I think that's... Uh... <laughs> a, little, a little rambly, a little tangentially, but uh, yeah. So, that's... so we kind of talked about cyclical nature yeah. and then we just rambled on a bunch. But Yeah, yeah we just rambled stuff. But yeah, like it's, again, very interesting just human behavior when it comes to beer drinking with, uh, with it. Because, yeah, you know, if we'd, uh, <laughs> if we'd been, you know, maybe thinking of a little, a little more when we were planning out our beers, we might have staged our our beer making a little bit to take advantage of the beer seasons instead of just brewing all three at once. But you know, that's, you know, kind of a lesson learned for us. Yeah. Live and learn. Right. I mean, I, I did think about it a little bit, but I didn't think it would be as extreme as it actually is. And it's, it, it is quite significant. So if anyone is out there uh, thinking about starting something, think about when, when you'll be able to be release what you want to sell and uh plan accordingly uh like we did all three of ours at one time which is probably a mistake (laughs) Uh, looking in hindsight but you know hindsight's always perfect but yeah if we were to do it again we would probably do one beer at a time given the season uh especially in in canada and even even from what i've heard in the states so kind of we'll just say north america um people really like seeing new beers all the time so releasing three at one time was probably not beneficial probably would have been better to do one at a time but hey live and learn right so yeah live and learn <laughs> if everyone was perfect then you know everyone would be boring yeah <laughs> you got to make mistakes make make mistakes to learn exactly. so yeah well i think yeah that's uh that's about all we can be say in this topic so um as always if you have any questions or comments uh please uh Hit us up on our social medias or contact us at no problems at solutionsbrewing.com. Hey, you got it right. <laughs> yes, I did. 
And <laughs> yeah, if you have uh, want topics for us to discuss or you just have comments on what we've been doing, uh, feel free to send us a line. And again, per usual, Robert, since he controls most of the social medias, will probably answer you. That's right. So <laughs> if you see my writing, you can also imagine my voice speaking to you. <laughs> yeah, now they have something to match it to, so that yeah, really helps. So I don't, I don't know if that's incentive or scare people away, but you know, that, that is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think that about wraps up the episode. So, uh, yeah, this has been Stephen Sock, and I am Rob, and thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you guys next week.